Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Wint. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for season three of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Picasso Classic where your eyes are on your shoes. (laughs) Oh, no. Sup, nerds? It's basketball. Welcome to Horse, a basketball podcast that's about everything except the wins and losses. My name is Mike Schubert, and I am joined, as always, by my co-patriot, the Bill Murray to my Michael Jordan, the guy from Seinfeld to my Bill Murray, uh, Eric Silver. Eric, how's it going? (laughs) The beginning of that was very flattering that I was Bill Murray, and then I became Wayne Knight, so (laughs) you really, it was not as good as when it started. It was more of me just trying to name every human that was in Space Jam, besides Michael Jordan's family, and that might be it. Larry Bird makes a brief appearance in the golfing scene. (laughs) The Michael Jordan's children to my Michael Jordan. Eric Silver. (laughs) My son, Eric Silver. (laughs) Obviously, this intro is thematic because Space Jam 2 has been announced. We will be getting to that as part of Full Court Press. But first, let's do a little bit of housekeeping because Eric, a little birdie, told me that we got some new patrons. A little birdie is what Mike calls our email inbox. Yeah, we have new patrons. Hello, Abby G, Samantha Rose, Sarah Chavis, and Michael. You are all wonderful and amazing, and you help the show go round. You help us feed the oats to both our horses in the stable and in the studio and to Mike, because he's on an all-horse diet. Not mm-hmm. not that he's eating horses. He just wants to eat like a horse. So I have eaten horse before. It's very tasty. No, Charles Oatley is going to hate that. Nah, it was probably a, a mean horse. It was, yeah, only mean horses get eaten. That's, they only kill the mean ones. That's true. That's that's just a fact. Horses are like lobsters. They can't die unless they're actively killed. And the only horses that are actively killed are mean horses. That's <laughs> that's the dumbest thing we've said on the podcast. And I don't know. We've said lots of dumb things. I, exactly. It's a big deal. Uh, and special <laughs> thanks to our producer-level patrons, Teal and Samuel Minor. You always make that three-pointer when the crowd is screaming and the clock is kicking down and the beautiful music starts to sway. And then you bring it home and everyone becomes state champions and we appreciate you. Yeah. Also, so before we start Full Court Press, I want to say, yes, we got everyone's tweets and we did know that Space Jam 2 was happening. Uh-huh. And let's talk about it right now in our first segment, which is called a Full Court Press. Get it? Like the news? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, good. good. I'm glad you get it. One day you'll get the joke right away. I know. It just, I, my brain is just ticking. <laughs> you got to process. It's all the bad horse inside of me. 
<laughs> so yes, what has been circling around in rumors for the better part of two years is now official. There was a tweet from Spring Hill Entertainment, which is LeBron James and Maverick Carter's entertainment company. They are making some of LeBron's other shows like the Barbershop Conversations show and another documentary about student athletes with HBO. But Spring Hill Entertainment sent off a tweet that was a picture of a locker room that has Bugs Bunny listed as the point guard, LeBron James listed as the small forward, Terrence Nance listed as the director, and Ryan Coogler as the producer, and clearly there's other paraphernalia of the Toon Squad and other Space Jam things, so this is basically confirming the four most important people involved in Space Jam 2, Electric Boogaloo. I'm a little sad that Ryan Coogler is producing and not directing, because if he was directing, that would have been off the charts, but it's confirmed Space Jam 2 is happening, and I have mixed emotions. All right, well, <laughs> I know you do, but I'm going to start by being extremely excited for 2 Space 2 Jam. I know that mm-hmm. Ryan Coogler, being a producer, a podcast producer, I can tell you that producers do a lot of things. And that's yes. all the experience that I have about producing. But still, Ryan Coogler is dope as hell. And mm-hmm. um, Space Jam 2, The Legend of Curly's Gold, is still going to be dope as hell. Also, Terrence Nance directs Random Acts of Flyness, that HBO show, oh. which is extremely good. So I trust him. Also, like I believe in the acting chops of the two leads. Uh, Bugs Bunny, sure. always dependable, always going to mm-hmm. br- uh, bring his A-game. LeBron James is probably the best actor slash basketball player of all time. Yes, I think he has to be in the top for that. He was very good in Trainwreck. He was the best part of Trainwreck. Oh, yes. No question. So I think he's going to do a fantastic job. I think it just comes down to what the script is, if it's actually a different movie. I just don't want it to be just like a weird rehashing of the first one. I want it to like have its own vision and have its own stance, which I think it can do. So I think that Space Jam 2 Judgment Day will be good. Uh, I, I'm very excited to see who they end up picking for the Monstars. There yes. have been lots of rumors, especially that there's been a lot of rumors that Blake Griffin would be in it. I don't know if he has a promotional deal with Warner Brothers like LeBron signed or if Jordan Brand just did stuff with the Looney Tunes because there was that Marvin Martian Blake Griffin commercial. Right. But if they pick Blake Griffin, it's going to be weird because by the time this movie actually comes out, he will not be relevant anymore. He's already going out of relevancy in the NBA because he's not as good. And he's on the Detroit Pistons. So (laughs) it's uh, it's going to be interesting if they want to be smart. They should pick young players that are popular that have a lot of upside. So realistically, they should probably pick people like Steph Curry, Kyrie Irving, people that are very popular. I think Kristaps Porzingis would be a great call, especially if you're going to try to go with the same like shape of the Monstars, because I don't know if they're going to have the same Monstars or if it's going to be different. But there's, you know, the big, tall, lanky one that was Sean Bradley. Sean Bradley is my man, though. Is he, though? Yes. Tell me two things about Sean Bradley. He's extremely tall. And he uh-huh. is so white. Uh huh. What team did he play for? The Mavericks. Yeah. What other teams? What do you mean? He was on the Mavericks for a really long time. Get out of here. <laughs> Get out of here. Gate. You're gatekeeping my Sean Bradley love. I'm not gatekeeping. I just think Sean Bradley was a garbage selection. What's interesting about this and why I think Blake Griffin might fit, even though he's a trash monster. Maybe he'll just be the trash monster. Uh, <laughs> but in Space Jam 1.5, Cole in the remix, mm-hmm. I think each of the monsters might have like a specific set of skills. So in spa- yeah. in the original Space Jam, it was more about their body types. But I think mm-hmm. that the NBA is a lot more about one specific very good thing that you're good at. So Blake Griffin is very good at dunking. 
and he might continue yes. to be good at dunking regardless of whether or not he is totally irrelevant and the only thing that's good about him is that he's a Kylie Jenner punchline at this point. The other good thing about choosing Blake Griffin is that he's a very good actor as well. He's done very well mm. in stand-up specials and the Kia commercials and all this other stuff. So he could bring the acting chops to the table. I think Draymond Green will probably be one of the people chosen because him and LeBron both do a lot of stuff. Right, but that also makes sense because Draymond would be like the defensive monster. Sure, and he has the same build as Larry Johnson, who was one of the monsters last time. So I think like Steph Curry or Kyrie Irving will be short monster. And then I personally think Chris Stapp should be tall monster. I think I DeAndre guess. Jordan would be the poor selection version of that. But I mean, Kristaps is cool because then you got some like European flair in there also. So you get some fun diversity. Yeah, but Kristaps is like broken. And also he's your favorite player. He's, he's coming back this season. Uh, this movie's not going to come out for two years. Back. Maybe he's coming No, back. he will come back. I would bet any amount of money that he will play this year. I think it might be the blocking monster. Yeah, the tall guy. I mean, that's what Sean Bradley was. He's going to be the Sean Bradley monster. But it would probably be Joel Embiid because he's a very distinct voice and he's also hilarious. Joel Embiid would be very funny. The only reason I would say DeAndre Jordan is because DeAndre Jordan has an extremely good Charles Barkley impression. (laughs) He did a reading of Space Jam for, uh, I don't, it's not for The Ringer, but I guess in in LA, someone staged a reading of Space Jam and he Mm -hmm. was Charles Barkley and he crushed it. It was so good. It was amazing. Oh, Kenny, where's my powers? Yeah, he did very well. So, yes, Space Jam 2, it'll be interesting. I hope it's just different enough. I would love a cameo appearance by Michael Jordan in there. That would be interesting. But at the end of the day, I think it's going to be very fun. And I think kids will be very confused about who these cartoon characters are because I don't think anybody knows who the Looney Tunes are anymore. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I think people still know who Bugs Bunny and Davy Duck are. I don't. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that they're gonna like be familiar enough with their bits or their jokes. Like even when Space Jam came out for us, I was only vaguely familiar. Like I knew I had watched Looney Tunes a little bit, but I wasn't passionate about the Looney Tunes. I guess we should think about who the audience is for Space Jam too. It's not necessarily for kids. It's about people who love Space Jam. So all those people are in their 20s and 30s right now, and then will now have the purchasing power to buy tickets. Yeah, I think it's a good approach where you're going to have people that are old enough to have kids, and it'll be a double whammy where they want to see the movie for themselves. And also, it will be a kid's movie, basically, so they can bring their kids along to it as well. So I think it is the perfect time for it to come out. And I don't know. I think it'll be fine even if the the kids won't mind as long as they're slapstick stuff. Like, there's no history to the trolls, but I think trolls still did very well. So I mean, it's pretty easy to explain what's funny about the Looney Tunes. Bugs Bunny is tricky and Daffy Duck gets mad and Foghorn Leghorn is a southern caricature. It's pretty easy to figure out. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. Also, I want to clarify that I didn't mean there's no history of trolls in that troll dolls do exist. I mean, (laughs) the kids these days have the same connection with them where the trolls are old things and the Looney Tunes are old things. No, I got it. I don't think that they're (laughs) going to care. I I just didn't want someone to be like, ah, the trolls are dolls. Like, no shit, person that's going to tweet at me. (laughs) I'm excited to cut this. (laughs) <laughs> I well I mean I know you have your reservations but you know that we're going to be there at a midnight at midnight 30 and 1am oh, screenings yes. of Space Jam 2 come on and slam and welcome to the jam again <laughs> oh man the theme song better be an amazing remix do you remember Quad City DJ oh uh very much so here's a fun fact about the Quad City DJs I didn't know their individual names so the <laughs> The names are Jay Sky, Jelana LaFleur, and CC Lemonhead. (laughs) 
CC Lemonhead. Shout out to CC Lemonhead. They had uh, basically two songs that mattered, Space Jam and then Come On Ride the Train. Oh, those were the same people. Yes. They are often confused with the people who did My Boo, the At Night, I Think Of You, but that's Ghost Town DJs. Oh. Very different. Well, good. Good for the DJs. Good for all of the DJs. When they first started, it was just Jay Sky and CC Lemonhead, and they were known as Chill Deal. I can see why they changed it. <laughs> Listen, Chill Deal would never tell us to come up and slam now. They'd be like, hey, man, just like if you want to, just like put the ball in the hoop, however you choose is fine. Take your time. Take a nap. Think about it. <laughs> Do you want to know what CC Lemonhead's real name is? Oh, oh, I see it. <laughs> it's Nathaniel Orange. Why is he not CC Orange Head? That would make more sense. Also, Nathaniel <laughs> Orange is a very good DJ name. That's a good name on its own. Oh, Jay Ski, Jay Ski's name is Johnny McGowan. That's I can see why he changed his name because he does not look like a Johnny McGowan. Johnny McGowan to me, white boy. Jay Ski slash Jay Sky. I don't know how to pronounce it. He kind of looks like a cooler Lionel Richie. If Lionel Richie had a son that was like, screw you, dad, uh, that would be Jay Sky. That's fair. Did you know that Quad City DJs used to have a hype man named Adam DJ Harpo Harper? I am also reading the Wikipedia page, so yes. <laughs> but he was also for he was forced to live the to leave the group due to complications, complications with, with osteo. osteo- Chondritis that left him unable to, to perform, perform without, without substantial pain. pain. Mm-hmm. I did hear that. Yeah, I heard I that hear too. That. Look at us. We're so knowledgeable. So yeah, that is going to do it for Full Court Press. Mike, <laughs> after listening to myself do this so many times, I realize there's a specific sound of where I say Mike. <laughs> like, Mike, Mike, we talk a lot about the people who play basketball. But I want to look into something different. The balls that play basketball. The Looney Tunes who play basketball. Oh. (laughs) I want to talk about what we play basketball on. That's right. Oh. We're talking about the courts for three on three. One, two, three. Three, two, one. Three on three. We're talking about the coolest basketball courts that exist right now. And we're talking about the most unnecessary basketball courts that exist right now. I'm very excited. Oh, yeah. My third coolest basketball court in all of the land is a 3D basketball court in Munich, Germany. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm going to send you a photo. My first thought when you say 3D court is that there's hoops coming out at 90 degree angles from the wall and the ceiling so that there's a hoop in every dimension. That's good. Or you have to wear 3D glasses while you play basketball. What the fuck is this shit? That's not a court. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, it is. When somebody thinks of a basketball court, you think that it's just a flat surface with hoops somewhere on one side or the other. Right. That's what literally, well, that's what defines a basketball court. Let's take an artistic approach and totally just like fuck your shit up instead. How is this on the cool ones? This is the worst. If I saw this in real life, I would be so upset. I'd be like, oh, come on. They should put a real basketball court here. Not whatever the fuck this is. This I is I mean, gross. you don't have to ball on it. You can, it's but like then why is it here? Course. I don't like this thing at all. Go to Germany. Talk to Thomas A. Schmidt, George Zay, Hans Hemmert, and Axel Lieber and tell them that you don't like their beautiful expression of sport through the modern art lens. What is the material? It looks like it's made out of carpet. 
It's made out of a soft orange and red tartan and then made out of various ridges. It has everything you would expect on a basketball court. It has the circle for free throws and there are hoops on either side, but the court is bubbling up. It slopes and it turns and it curves and there are little domes inside. And there's also pillars of light stationed every 10 to 15 feet. I mean, it's totally weird. This wouldn't be the best thing to actually play basketball on. You could not play basketball. No, you would fall and die. I hope the other two courts are cooler. This thing fucking sucks. Well, I'm sorry that you dislike the thing that I've had a lot of research doing into. I'm sorry, dude, but this thing's not a court. I don't know. which. I thought it would be like, oh, cool designs or like funky backboards. You couldn't play basketball in this thing. You don't have to necessarily play basketball on the court for it to be dope. This is like if Willy Wonka had a court like in the chocolatier area for all the Oompa Loompas to hoop it up. Dude, Willy Wonka like murdered children. That dude's not. He shouldn't be in charge of anything. (laughs) Well, he put bad children in their place. This is a court where the bad children should be punished to play. You get to play basketball, but only on this lumpy court. There is a very specific version of the devil who would make you hoop up on this court. Yeah, this would be like my Dante's torture. You can play in this basketball court with the best players ever, but it's a lumpy court that has hills in it and it's not made of anything that you can dribble on and there's lightsabers in the middle of the court. Mike Schubert, on your crimes against basketball humanity by loving the Knicks too much, you're sentenced to this terrible, terrible hell. I think this is awesome. This is kind of what we do on horse. It's an artistic interpretation of basketball. And I mean, they're German. The Europeans are going to do their own thing. You can probably Euro-step your way to the basket, even in the dips and dugouts here. I just love looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is why Germany sucks at basketball. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it, because they keep practicing on three. Oh, yeah, courts. we have the courts, but they are lumpy, and they have heels in the middle of them. Yeah, this is <laughs> gross. <laughs> All right. I'm going to move to, to the next court, because please you, do. you disagree with it. What's the next one? A cubism court? <laughs> Yeah, all of your body parts get rearranged before you can hoop it up. Sorry. Picasso said so. Okay, my number two second coolest court is the court for the Carrier Classic. This is a basketball court that was built onto a battleship. This reminds me of the court that was Scottie Pippen's court in NBA Ballers, which was a very good PlayStation 2 basketball game where one of the levels in the game was his court on his yacht, and it was amazing. I don't think Scotty Pippen has a yacht, which is why I like it even more. He probably has a yacht. He made so much money. If he didn't have a yacht, that'd be silly. I heard that Scotty Pippen heavily invested in Bitcoin, and that's why he doesn't have a yacht. Ah, I mean, it depends on when he sold. <laughs> How is Bitcoin doing? Oh, no. Mike, Mike, I'm not going to break the third rule of podcasting where two white guys talk about Bitcoin. I'm not going <laughs> to. No, do I don't want to talk about it. While you were selling Bitcoin in college, the NCAA decided to have an invitational on a literal battleship. This was on the USS Carl Vinson. Michigan State played North Carolina in front of over 9,000 military personnel, including then-Commander-in-Chief Barack Obama and his family. It was extremely cool. Uh, The leading scorer in that game with 17 points for North Carolina, Harrison Barnes. Not surprised. He was a a baller. Just a fun fact. This is also wild. You can see, like, he's just on the middle of a battleship. It's in the middle of the... Okay, he's not in the middle of the ocean. That would be kind of dangerous. But it's in the (laughs) mid... There's just water on all sides. You can see the battlements of the battleship. And then there's just, like, a basketball court right in the center. They built uh, a ton of temporary seating and the court. So it's not like this court was there. They built it just for this event. 
This is super cool. The U.S. Navy should, you know, put more of their efforts into building basketball courts. This is really sweet. The one thing I got to say, though, it looks like they're playing at sunset time, which oh, feels are. like it would be very confusing and it would be difficult as the course of the game went on. It's usually not something you have to keep in mind when you're playing basketball indoors or if you're playing outdoors i very rarely play exactly at sunset but this looks like they're playing at sunset which would be very interesting because like one side of the court versus the other side might have better light and then also like the right side of the court versus the left side of the court might have better lighting so it seems like an interesting thing to try to navigate and if i had a bad game and i was on one of these two teams i would just complain the whole ride home about how the sun and the wind and the clouds got in the way interesting sunset fact of this game during the first half the game was paused while sailors on board the battleship conducted the evening retiring of colors at sunset i don't know what that means but it was a fun sentence to say out loud i think the retiring of colors means like putting down a flag again that seems like unless they were specifically going for this thing to happen during the game they should have had this game at sunset (laughs) they didn't really think this one through it's like someone in the navy was like yo what if someone balled on one of these ships and then everyone was like yes let's do it because unfortunately the 2011 carrier classic was the only carrier classic they ever played (laughs) in 2012 they were going to do it again on the uss yorktown but get this The reason why the game was canceled was because of a condensation issue. Who would have thought that water would be uh, a big deal when you are on a boat in the middle of the ocean? (laughs) Who who would have thought? I mean, there was a condensation delay in the season last year for one of the Sixers games because they had a weird air conditioner thing where it was too humid inside the court and people were slipping during warm-ups and stuff. And then that game had to be postponed, which has to be incredibly frustrating if you have tickets for that game. And they're like, why'd the game get canceled? It's like, oh, the air conditioner was acting up, <laughs> which is very silly. But another question that I have, I want to know what thought process went behind picking North Carolina and Michigan State. This seems like this should be a game between, I don't know, Navy and the Air Force. <laughs> Or Army Navy? <laughs> I don't know. They just kind of set it up so that they, someone could ball out on a boat. In 2013, they tried to have it on a plane, but it didn't work. <laughs> In June 2013, ESPN reported there would not be a 2013 iteration of the Carrier Classic, and no further games will be played on battleships. Until 2014, when they tried to have it on a submarine. But those people are lost at sea. We've never seen those ballers again. Now, Mike... Are you ready for my number one coolest court that exists? Yes, I'm very excited. This is called the City Wall Rooftop Court in the Old City of Dubrovnik, Croatia. Ooh, let me click this one. Just Dubrovnik.com. News from Dubrovnik and nowhere else. This basketball court is carved into the tops of buildings and a city wall. You can see the beautiful, um, I want to say Adriatic Sea from there who can say if you're wrong someone will correct you yeah (laughs) thank you to the listener who tweets us and tells me what sea you're looking at when you're at this old city of dubrovnik but it's like someone time warped a playground court into this like 16th century eastern european village all of the roofs are orange and terracotta the stone is all the same color and yet like right in the middle hundreds of feet above sea level is just a basketball court you're right this is not full court one is the full court stretching all the way out and the other one is like turned on a diagonal so you can play two one half games i guess at the same time but that's really all you need yeah. for street ball and i can't imagine that the children running around dubrovnik croatia 
are going to need to, uh, you know, run it back. Yeah, the shame is that if you look at literally the size of this thing that it's built upon, it cannot fit a full-size court because it's at a weird, like, pentagon shape, so you couldn't make it happen. There's a couple things I really respect about this court. First, the three-point line that they have is the NBA three-point line and not the college three-point line, which is rare, or it's at least the FIBA line, I'm guessing, since this is in Dubrovnik, which Mm -hmm. is a little bit shorter. So yeah, they have the FIBA line, which is cool. They also have all the other lines And they have goals even up for soccer, I'm guessing. Actually, no, those are handball goals. Handball is so much fun. Here's something that might blow your mind. I've been to two handball games in my life in France. Let's go. (laughs) They were very fun. I was seeing a PSG soccer game when I was living in Paris. And at halftime of one of the games, they said, oh, welcome to center court. PSG's handball team, which just won the national championship. And me and my roommate turned to each other and said, what? (laughs) And I immediately talked to my friend Clement at work about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, I love handball. Let's go. And then we went to a game. And then one of my buddies, Johnny, came to visit. And I said, guess what we're doing today? Without telling him I bought the tickets. And he said, I don't know. What are we doing? I said, we're seeing a handball game. And he freaked out. And it was in basically something as tiny as a high school or small college gym, but it was so freaking hype. And Paris's team absolutely murdered some random Swedish team. It was amazing. Nice. I love team handball. It's, it's one of those fun. sports that A, I get super into during the Olympics, but B, oh, yeah. if there was like an American league, I would be one of those guys who was at every single league and then became like an unofficial mascot. Like I can envision oh, myself yeah. being that person. So yeah, they have the lines up for all of that so you could play that. And it looks like they have lines for other things too. Like it looks like volleyball in the middle. So that's pretty cool that they're really trying to multi-purpose this thing. I mean, when you have that little space, you got to use it the best mm-hmm. way that you can. I have two reasons why it's the number one on my list. The first is that it's beautiful. It is in this amazing spot. But the second one is I like to think that some people, they're playing like a game of three on three and they they play this during lunch and then they go back to their jobs as like Franciscan monks. Ooh, some monks balling. That'd be yeah. sweet. There's like monks balling out. I was like, oh man, I got to go back to catching fish with my hands. And then you just go off and do that. Are you ready for three unnecessary courts? Yeah. Okay. This first one is... Is a lumpy court in Germany. <laughs> Actually, I just redid it. (laughs) This court is a basketball court that is inside Disneyland's Matterhorn. Inside Disney's what? The Matterhorn. It's a a ride in Disneyland. Oh, in California? Yeah. It's basically a really large roller coaster that twists around a fake mountain. This one, however, has had a rumor going around from Disney heads, Mickey heads, (laughs) Disney files. I don't know. Diz nuts. Diz nuts. Diz nuts is good. There was a rumor going around that there was a basketball court actually inside the mountain. And I went on to Snopes and it turns out that that is actually true. And it has been like sourced from actual like books written about Disneyland. Dang. Is Walt Disney a baller? No, just a a racist and anti-Semite. So there is a small attic like space near the top of the Matterhorn structure that contains a basketball rim, a backboard and floor markings. Now, this is not actually like a full-size court. It's just kind of like a cramped area that's inside the half court. The piece of Disney lore here is that Disneyland's Matterhorn housed a basketball court because at the time it was built, an Anaheim City ordinance prohibited the building of structures exceeding a certain height with the exception of sports facilities. 
in order to skirt this law, crafty old and racist old Walt Disney supposedly said that there was a basketball court inside of the Matterhorn so that he could claim that the structure was in fact a sports arena and therefore avoid the height restrictions. Turns out that this legend is totally false. It's basically the equivalent of one of those backboard and rim things you put on the outside of a garage. So it would be like calling that a court. It's just one of those on a stairwell, but it does look pretty cool. And if I were to get Disney, I would spend all of my time here. Oh wait, I actually have the research of why they did this. Uh, according to Disney Channel program Inside Out, the basketball court came to be when one of the climbers brought in and installed a basketball hoop and backboard for amusement to pass the time when inclement weather or other conditions prevented climbers from working the outside of the mountain. So I guess they have some cast members climbing on the outside of the Matterhorn Mountain while the roller coaster is going around, which is crazy. So I'm not knocking the fact that people need stuff to do while they're working at Disneyland, which is just like insane and a totally crazy job. I just think that like the fact that this has to be integrated into Disneyland lore and has to be like, Walt Disney did a great thing. It's like, no, workers just need some time to chill and this is not part of your lore. I'm sorry, Disney people. No, but you see, Walt Disney, right after he was ranting about the Jews, decided I'm going to skirt laws by putting in a court and saying it's a sports arena. It's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow. (laughs) All these ones that I deemed unnecessary, I have just very strong feelings about. So it might be, quote, (laughs) unnecessary. Eric thinks they're unnecessary. What's the next one? All right. Number two is a basketball court on the roof of Five Center Place in Manhattan, New York City. Courtney and Robert Novogratz are a husband and wife design team that design various extremely rich spaces in Manhattan and have made some extremely awe-inspiring homes. Wait, wait. Oh, wait. Is it in a dome? Is it in like a chain fence dome? Oh my goodness. I went to a party that was on a rooftop like two blocks away and I could see this court and I was so jealous. Yes. Oh yes. No, this is it. (gasps) I've seen this court. Yeah, it looks beautiful. It's one of those things in New York City that you just can't believe exists. People put crazy things on the roofs because they have more money than God. This is one. It's like a combination between a basketball court and the Sistine Chapel. It is insanely beautiful. Also, according to Google, George Soros' son has one of these at his place. So it's actually these people, the Novogratzes, got this apartment from George Soros' son. Like, he was supposed to, like, flip the apartment and then resell it because you know how rich people do. They just, like, flip apartments in New York City and sell it for millions of dollars. Yeah. So I actually have a an article from The Observer because um, I, when I was doing research, it turned out that George Soros's son did a pretty poor job on it and he lost, like, $2.5 million by reselling it. But here is this amazing paragraph from this Observer article. Are you ready? Yes. Don't forget about the two-tier roof deck. The Novogratz family designed it with a domed basketball court on top. That doesn't seem like the most practical of uses for outdoor space, but to each his own, right? Perhaps the young Soros found that he simply didn't have as much time to practice his three-point shot from beyond the paint as he thought when he first bought this place. Who... The person (laughs) writing this hurts my feelings. Oh, from behind the paint, three points! I mean, there are lots of places beyond the paint that are not for three points. The paint is not that large. (laughs) (laughs) We can just be basketball consultants to, like, make sure that anyone who is talking or writing about basketball can just, like, run it by us and be like, hey, give us $50 and we'll tell you whether or not this makes sense. Like, just just ask somebody. Just give me five bucks and I can make sure the words you're using make sense. Let's upcharge so that it seems like we're very fancy. Oh, yes. Basketball connoisseurs. (laughs) 
Horse consultants. We'll make sure you don't sound dumb when talking about basketball. Quick, change the name of our podcast to Equestrian so we sound fancier. <laughs> Equestrian consultants. Yes, we mean basketball. <laughs> equine. Wait, equine. Is equine e is five letters? Instead of playing horse, you can just play equine. <laughs> it's six. <laughs> but if we want to be extremely ah, fancy, it. you get one more turn. Oh, yes. That's what makes it very fancy. I challenge you to a game of equine, Worthington. <laughs> you have to shoot a layup, but dunk a crumpet in a thing of tea while you do so. Go to the free throw line, shoot it from in between your legs, and then just change the tax bracket. <laughs> oh, good times. Yeah, number two. Uh, the reason why I find this unnecessary is because, like, no one gets to use this. You just get to look at it and think it's cool. It's not like they're just letting random people go up to the court and hang out in it. It just exists. Yeah, that's what makes it suck, is that it's not public. It's private and enclosed with a cage. If something's enclosed with a cage, it's definitely not for other people to use. So that's why I think it's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. My number one, a most unnecessary basketball court, is the House of Mamba. Oh, the name. <laughs> The name. This is the most unnecessary Apple keynote speech ass, like bells and whistles basketball court you have ever seen in your entire life. Back in 2014, a Chinese tech company, AKQA, teamed up with Nike to develop a full-sized LED basketball court for the Nike Rise Tour that was traveling throughout China. It was supposed to utilize motion tracking and reactive LED visualization to train and challenge players through authentic drills based on Kobe Bryant's own training. In other words, <laughs> I mean, it does look pretty cool, but what makes it very obnoxious is that these are the kind of things that you can project onto a court from an overhead projection system, which I'm sure is far more cost effective than putting a bunch of LED panels on the floor. But my main concern, will the ball dribble on this well? And will you have good traction? I feel like playing on top of a bunch of LEDs could be very slippery and potentially dangerous. Here's how ridiculous it had to be for it to actually be safe and used as a basketball court. First, there was a base layer, a wooden platform to give the court natural bounce. Then there was an LED layer, over a thousand of interlaced LED screens. Then there was a glass layer, which they needed to put on top of the LED screens so that you wouldn't crack the LED screens. And then on top of that glass layer, there was an adhesive surface, which was the real basketball playing hard surface that you could play on and not slip. Good thing they got the wood underneath all those layers for that natural bounce. I know. I'm so glad that there's a natural bounce under all of these computer screens I'm running all over the place on. The one thing that is kind of cool is I'm watching a YouTube video about it right now, which we will put in the episode description at horsehoops.com. And there are some cool things because the motion tracking actually does work where there's things of little like circles following the guy as he dribbles or little X spots for him to shoot from and then it lights up green when he makes a shot that's kind of cool but i can't imagine that this court would feel natural to play upon though it is kind of cool we're not talking about it being cool we're talking about it being unnecessary and obnoxious and it is uh, both of those things but dude china loves kobe i know china loves kobe and this is like the epitome 
of how much they love him. They will let yeah. Nike go in and tronify a entire basketball arena just so that Kobe can say that he's helping out the kids. I mean, the motion tracking is really cool, but it's all so unnecessary. It's like, why do I need oh, yes. a massive stopwatch that is built into the court when I just have my phone or an actual stopwatch, which costs $5? It's, it's insane. This thing's insane. The House of Mamba sounds like the third-rate chicken nuggets restaurant you don't want to go to. <laughs> Would you like Mamba sauce? It's very spicy. Would you like to Mamba-size that one? <laughs> For an extra $1, we throw it in your face and tell you you could be eating better. We have an exclusive soda here called Mountain Dew Mamba Blast. Or Mountain Dew Baja Mamba. <laughs> What does that taste like? Tastes like Kobe Bryant's sweat. Mm-mm-mm. Salty. It tastes like pomegranate juice and, and expectations you can never meet. It tastes like Gatorade, but carbonated. <laughs> it tastes like piss. I don't know. I'm sorry. It just tastes like piss. It tastes like water because it's Michael's secret stuff from Space Jam. <laughs> it's Kobe Bryant's secret stuff because in the House of Mamba, Kobe Bryant is the best player of all time. Only then there. <laughs> The House of Mamba is extremely obnoxious, and that is my three-on-three. Lovely, 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 lovely. Well, it's funny that you mentioned stuff that is unnecessary, because this edition of That Actually Happened is about something that is incredibly unnecessary and honestly should have never been made. Hey, Eric, did you know that Tony Parker once made a rap album that is ranked the 21st worst album of all time? (laughs) No. Oh, no. Yup. This was inspired by a Reddit post by you, Saturday Night Wrist, who pointed out that on the website RateYourMusic.com, Tony Parker's rap album, which is called TP, is rated the 21st worst album of all time, earning an average score of 0.65 out of 5 stars. No. (laughs) Hey, Mike, was the reviews of the album dumb and lumpy, would not listen to? I was waiting for your dumb and lumpy comment. Tony Parker, dumb and lumpy, would not listen to, bad rapper. (laughs) That is not one of the reviews, but one of the reviews is in reference to something we mentioned last time we talked about Tony Parker, which is him cheating on Eva Longoria. One of the comments is, quote, no wonder she left his ass. Uh, (laughs) If only that was the truth. That was from user Holla Back, It's Tony, which is an amazing username. Mike, this might be my favorite subject when we talk on horse, which is things that intersect with the internet and we could come up with people's ridiculous comments. The last time I was this excited was when I was reading Yelp reviews to you. (laughs) So the album was released in March of 2007. It is a hip hop album completely in French. The album is called TP, which I mean... The toilet paper joke is right there. I'm sorry, TP? That would be like if Paul Pierce made a rap album. He's like, yeah, I'm calling it PP. It's like, are you sure, Paul? You sure? Are you really sure? PP, colon, the truth. (laughs) So the genre of the album is officially listed as crunk. No. And I've listened to the songs. There are no Lil John vibes at all. I don't think any artist is allowed to consider their album crunk except for Lil John. Yes. I don't think anyone else gets claim over that domain. 
Absolutely. Maybe the Yin Yang twins, but that's it. The the spiritual successor to Lil Jon. So the singles off of this album were called Balance Toi, which is French for swing yourself or balance yourself. Okay. And the other single was called Premier Love, which is first love. So all of the titles of the songs are in French, but let me just list you the other tracks, just the English translations. So you have intro, swing yourself. You said what? (laughs) First love, the family. Welcome to Texas, the key to success, Wait, the butterfly what? effect, Where's... why I rap, question mark, <laughs> <laughs> and reasoned generation. And the last one, the only one not in French, game time, which was featured in NBA Live 2008. Of course. Mike, I was on a roller coaster when you told me this. I was like, all right, I know I got my bearings. I've heard the singles. And then you said, <laughs> welcome to Texas. And I'm like, excuse me? And I wasn't paying attention again. And then you said, and then you said question mark. And I was back on. Why I rap question mark? <laughs> Why I rap? Which is a good question to ask Tony Parker. Why are you rapping, Tony Parker? You should be in the gym. Oh, God. Okay, so why why was this so bad? There are a lot of bad elements of this, and I turned to my friend Clement, who I mentioned earlier in this episode. What up, Clement? Clement was one of my best friends when I was living in France because he was just French me. He was obsessed with basketball and going to sports games and eating lots of food at meals and being obnoxious. He was the French version of me. We got along very well, and we would talk about basketball all the time together. So when I heard about this, I texted him immediately in my head clement is just you wearing a beret i mean imagine me but he had a weird goatee going on (laughs) so i asked him if this album was a big deal and if it was popular or well known at all he said that when the album came out it was a bit famous people started listening to it but everybody did not like it and tony parker has later made fun of himself for it and he said quote then everyone forgot it so (laughs) it didn't have any lasting power i gave a listen to balance toi and premier love the two singles and i asked clement for some translations on some of the lines in the songs so i'll put a link to the music video both of these have music videos which are very bad and scream 2007 at 30 seconds into balance toi what the beat drop is is a little kid going Tony P, what's up? And then the beat drops. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like you're making this up for my enjoyment. I'm not. I'm not. I'm really not. Right after Tony P, what's up in the music video, when you see Tony Parker, he is wearing a hat and looking down, so not making eye contact with the camera, and his hat in the embroidery on it has a hello, my name is sticker, and then written in like a cool graffiti font is Tony P on his hat. Every time you say Tony P, it's like there were too many Tonys in the room, and they just needed to distinguish which Tony was who. He was the fourth member of Tony, Tony, Tony. It was originally Tony, 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 Tony P. (laughs) Because they ran out of ways to spell Tony. So Balance Toi, the entire song, is a story, so to speak. It is basically just about Tony Parker going to the club Girls at the club wanting to fuck Tony Parker, but then Tony Parker saying, no, 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 I have a wife. And then in the music video, there is a part where a girl is flirting with him and Tony Parker pulls out his phone and he has a text message from Eva Longoria that says, I'm here, honey, heart Eva. And then at the end of the song, at three minutes and 30 seconds, Eva Longoria shows up to the club. They go into the VIP room and then they immediately leave and drive away in Tony Parker's Lamborghini. (laughs) 
So the whole premise of the song is about how Tony Parker won't cheat on women because he's with Eva Longoria. Plot twist, he cheated on Eva Longoria with his teammate's wife. This is the first time a rap song has ever demonstrated facts that were not actually the truth, and I am stunned. <laughs> Another fun note that happened recently in the news is Brent Barry was just hired into a front office role at the San Antonio Spurs. Mm-hmm. And what's very funny is that this didn't happen until Tony Parker is no longer with the Spurs organization anymore. And I think the timing is phenomenal. I mean, probably. I mean. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> oh, please tell me more, Mike. Please. Oh, okay. So one of the lines in Balance Toi is, I've got the style that hurts. Which I don't know if this is a bad Google Translate thing that might mean something else. But regardless, I've got the style that hurts. But then we get into Premier Love, which is more of an R&B type song. And it's not that bad. It just kind of sounds like every generic European R&B, they're kind of rapping, they're kind of not song. But Clement wanted me to discuss one particular line, which in French is, on va manger des steaks gros comme la croate, which translates to, we're going to eat steaks as big as Croatia. (laughs) (laughs) Which, I I can't, you're going to eat steaks as big as a country. (laughs) Also, Croatia, not that big as a country, right? I know. Like, as countries go. Like, we're going to eat steaks as big as Croatia. And I asked Clement if this meant anything at all. And he said, I have no idea why he said this. <laughs> like, choose a bigger country, like steaks as big as Russia. Okay, you were sure. talking about demonstrably giant steaks. But just like Croatia, what a weird poll. It's very weird. <laughs> There's one other line. I'm not sure what song it's in, but someone pointed this out on Reddit that in one line of one of the songs, he calls himself the Lord of the Rings. But the word for rings is also what they call a basketball rim. They call it a basketball ring. So it's actually a really cool double entendre where you say he's the Lord of the Rings, but also the Lord of the Rim, which I think is actually pretty clever. But that's about it. When you said Lord of the Rim, that sounds like a really terrible burn because they just can't make a shot. They're always breaking it off the rim. Oh, yeah, could be. Or it's just the name of the porn parody of Lord of the Rings. I'm sure there is one called Lord of the Rims out there. And my sword and my dick. (laughs) And my ass is the joke you were looking for. (laughs) That was? Yes, you're right. I was thinking of a different scene. (laughs) It's when Frodo puts on the ring and he's super good at fucking. But he's also invisible. (laughs) Oh. So at the end of the conversation with Clement, to sum it all up, I think he said a perfect quote, which is, it's really terrible, to be honest. I was a bit sad to hear this shit again. <laughs> <laughs> like, I ruined his day by reminding him this album exists. Oh, my God. At one point in our message, he said, Sacre Tony, <laughs> which was great, which is basically like, God damn it, Tony. <laughs> But in French. I think Clement needs to be on the on the pod. I think he's earned his I spot. would love to. You would love Clement. He's an enormous Boston Celtics fan. Yes, Clement. Come on the pod. Yes. So we have like our Mount Rushmore of famous guests. But now we're starting to have a running list of people we know in real life who need to be on the pod. Uh-huh. There's Clement. Yes. There's my mom. 
There's uh, your friend who knew about the Utah jazz scene. Oh, Akash. Uh, Akash <laughs> needs to be on the pod. My favorite interaction was when I was first asking him about Balance Toi. I sent a message to him. Google Translate is telling me Balance Toi is about girls at the club wanting to sleep with him, but him refusing because Eva Longoria is his wife. Is this true? And he replied, yes, I just listened. And that is the purpose of the song. <laughs> <laughs> I am a scientist and I have done a thorough analysis and that is the purpose of the song. Tony Parker does not want to sleep with girls but his wife and it is humorous to people who are listening to it. <laughs> oh, thank you, Clement. You're you're a joy. We'll put links to a bunch of the songs and videos from that, but Tony Parker made a crunk album in 2007 called TP and that actually happened. I can't believe that actually happened. 21st worst album of all time. This is opening the door for us to talk about so many NBA players' music careers. Yeah, we could easily do a three-on-three on player rappers. We're going to have to do multiple lists of this because we have, like, current players and then we have retired players. It's like the points list where we have active players and then love all time. Safe to say this is not the last time we will be talking about players rapping. Oh, thank God. Or rappers playing, for that matter. That's true. There is a great quote that every basketball player wants to be a rapper, and every rapper wants to be a basketball player. That's very true. Which is kind of true. That's very good. And that's why I like to say every podcaster wants to be a basketball player, and more basketball players are becoming podcasters. J.J. Reddick, C.J. McCollum, I see you. Every podcaster wants to be a rock star, and every rock star needs to ask their assistant what a podcast is. And everybody wants to be a cat. <laughs> and with that, that's the end of this episode of Horse. So, Eric, thanks for joining on, and listeners, thanks for listening. I have This was the most joy that I've had this week, is you telling me about Tony Parker. Thank you. Even though Tony Parker's album is terrible and dumb and lumpy, I appreciate that you mm-hmm. brought it to me. We should listen to it. On that court. International horse. It's us, it's Americans, going to Germany and listening to a French rap album. That's beautiful. And then there will be German guys on the sub like, oh, Klaus, they're playing the horse on the basketball court with the lamps in it. <laughs> Pass me some more schnitzel, please. Your German accent is unparalleled. I cannot, it cannot be peach. There's only two types of German accents that people do or I think exist, which is happy like, oh, Hans and Franz, or like angry, like 999 <laughs> German yelling. I There's no in between. That's really all you need. <laughs> the full spectrum of emotions. Like I could not do a Dirk impression because I couldn't do chill German guy. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Dirk. I'll hit a fadeaway on your face. <laughs> Hello, I'm Dirk. I've been doing this for so long. It's fine. I feel like I go into Tommy Wiseau if I try it too hard. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Just a, an accent from no country. You're telling me a pod, Dirk Nowitzki. Thanks for listening to this episode of Horse. Horse is hosted by Mike Schubert and Eric Silver. It is edited and mixed by Eric Silver. Social media run by Mike Schubert. Theme song by Bettina Campomanes. Art by Alison Wickman. And web design by Kelly Beckman. And special thanks to our producer-level patrons, Teal and Samuel Miner. If you want to check us out on the internet, you can go there, and you don't have to be German or lumpy or anything. You can find our website, horsehoops.com. You can find us on social media, at horsehoops on Instagram, and at horse underscore hoops on Twitter, because, as we say every single episode, Horse Hoops was banned. You can also find us on Facebook, an equally good social media presence. And if you want access to bonus content, like extra bonus episodes, five on five instead of three on three, and more goodies like stickers and jerseys, you can go to patreon.com slash horsehoops. 
we are a proud member of Multitude. Multitude is an audio collection of smart people who make podcasts about things that they nerd out about and love and want to tell you about everything. That includes Spirits, that includes Join the Party, that includes Potterless, and that includes Waystation. If you love things and want to listen to people who also love things, or you are working on a podcast thing and you want some help from them, you can go to Multitude.Productions and check out their stuff. And Eric, as we finish every episode of Horse, we're going to put our hands in and count to three and then say something in unison. And this time on the count of three, we're going to say steaks as big as Croatia. (laughs) So hands in. in. One, One, two, two, three. Steaks as big as as Croatia. Croatia. It's so large. Large (laughs) as a country. It's such a poor choice of country. (laughs) I'll only eat a steak if it has a tiny basketball court carved in the side of it. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Buenos dias, world, from the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance. I'm Marco Went. And I'm Rick Schwartz. And we're your hosts for Season 3 of Amazing Wildlife, a show from iHeartRadio Ruby Studio and the global conservation organization behind the San Diego Zoo and the San Diego Zoo Safari Park. Listen as we dive into the efforts here in San Diego and spotlight the heroes working worldwide to care for the species you know and love. Listen to Amazing Wildlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.